Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Squad Up, the podcast all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo. How you doing, everybody? Welcome. Joining me on the podcast today, he's my bro, he's my man, he's not bro-man, but he is Peaches. Peaches, what's up, man? No one can be bro-man except bro-man. I agree. Man. Man. What's going on, dude? I, you know, I just thought I'd wear this romper because it'd be funny and just, uh, it's, you know, it's the weekend, so. Is it a romp him? Romp him, romp her, romp whatever. It's 2018. You have to ask it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. First. I was going to say, in 2018, you can't romp yeah. whatever you want. No, you see, I haven't asked it what it would go by mm. yet, but I, I'm going to call it a romper because it was a romper before it was a romp him. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's the weekend. It's wow. beer time. Yeah, we're both drinking beer, um, which will sort of come into play later not really i mean it's like a very loose tie-in but because we're both drinking you'll see you'll you'll get there we'll get to that point um drinking games on the podcast oh that'd be a lot of fun drink <laughs> every time drink every time eduardo says delve Del- <laughs> you're gonna be drunk i'll be real drunk um <laughs> what have you been playing dude what's been going on for you in uh, in the gaming stratosphere and I have a really short list of things I've been playing because okay. you and I have an addiction now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll go in reverse order. Uh, I think I kind of mentioned this last week. I, I'm trying to still get better at the like harder Mario hacks. So I downloaded one called Learn to Kaizo. Kaizo is kind of um, the name of the difficulty associated with those ROM hacks. Um, there are certain elements in Kaizo Mario games that you just don't see anywhere else, like hidden blocks and crazy jumps and precision and all that sort of thing. So there's, there's this hack that I found called, called Learn to Kaizo, and it just kind of is a tutorial game where it puts you in really short levels that have like one situation each, and you try to f- learn how to you know, overcome that obstacle so that at the end of the day, you can put all those obstacles together and you know, beat the levels. So trying that, uh, we did a Fire Emblem stream on Tuesday, uh, more arena grinding. And then, of course, just Realm Royale all day, every day, because I love hearing that chicken music. Oh, and uh, <laughs> something special happened yesterday on Realm Royale. Yeah. Peaches, tell the, the people, tell the people what special thing happened. This was really special. I'd say... Uh, I'd say that it was the number one thing that happened yesterday. Correct. If I were to rank those things. We finally won a duo match of Realm Royale. Oh my goodness. I After have never so felt long. so exhilarated in my life. With the asterisk, we should put the asterisk on there because I think this is important. Um, we were both playing mages, which are insanely overpowered currently. Yeah, well, you got to so. take it where you can get it, man. Listen, everybody, I, I, don't, I don't think the asterisk is really that deserving. I just thought it should be there. But if everybody is playing the OP class, then nobody is playing the OP class. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, we were all pretty much even by the end. Sure. Except us. We won. <laughs> what about so, you, man? Um, What's your plan? I have been also on the Realm Royale along with you. Thanks, buddy. Um, 
I have been in, <laughs> I have been enjoying myself some Realm Royale. Um, whenever you're on, I try not to play too much alone because I get really frustrated. Uh, if when I'm playing team games, I wonder where my team is. Imagine <laughs> when I'm playing a solo game. <laughs> question i have to interject real quick yeah who do you yell at when you're playing a solo game what nice. like where's my team <laughs> oh i'm my team uh i mostly yell at the other versions of me okay why weren't you guys in there <laughs> um yeah mostly that so for those that don't know i don't think i said it on last week's show but last week i started a new job um, and so my schedule's been kind of crazy, and so I haven't had too much of a chance to play um, things that I've been wanting to play, like anything on console. We, we play Realm Royale when we get a chance, but for the most part, I've been playing a lot of mobile games, playing a lot of Pokemon, I'm playing this weird Dragon Ball Z game that came out a couple weeks ago. That's been kind of fun. Um, but mostly, yeah, mobile games have been what I've been, been on my jam. I've been looking for something to pick up on Switch, but honestly, it's kind of dry after you've played. I've got Odyssey, I have... Um, Breath of the Wild, I own Mario Kart, and I own Splatoon 2. And after those four, I mean, I guess you could, I could probably pick up Tropical Freeze, but like, it's definitely, the, the caliber is definitely dropping a couple levels after that point. Man, for all that talk you have about how much you love the Switch, you only like four games on it. I love the hardware. That's something that I love. And if there's one thing that I always say when I talk about how much I love the Switch is how much I want other games to be on the Switch. Like, if there is a good game out there, I want it to be on the Switch so I can play it, so I can have something else to play. The problem is, I love the Switch so much that I immerse myself in the content to the point of exhaustion, and then I end up not, you know, wanting to play those games anymore. Like, you know how much I've played of super mario odyssey too much do you have all the costumes do you have all the moons see i'm not you so no oh you haven't played it enough so i could play more but i won't because i'm also really fickle i like to play on the new hotness what were you saying here's something you didn't write into the show notes but i'm just gonna throw it in there because yolo Mm -hmm. yolo swag as we've been saying a lot lately Mm -hmm. um steam sale the summer Steam sale just launched yesterday. The Steam have summer sale. I have not bought anything yet. I haven't really like sat down and looked through it yet. I've okay, looked at a well, few things, but I haven't bought anything yet. I will say, first of all, if you don't know about the Steam summer sale, the summer sale started yesterday. It goes until July 5th, I believe. And from you know yesterday till July 5th, there are insane discounts on a lot of games on the Steam store. I am not being endorsed to say this. I just want you all to go out and get the games that you want to get because I bought every single game on my wish list yesterday. All of them. Now, there were only five. <clears throat> there were only five games on the wish list, but my email notified me that some of my games were on sale. I went to the list and saw that 100% of those games were on sale. So I bought Final Fantasy XII, uh, Welcome to the Game, Welcome to the Game 2, uh there's an indie rpg that i bought and there's an early access game called cross code that's like a mix between an rpg and a bullet hell style game so uh, i'm really looking forward to trying all of those obviously i've played final fantasy 12 before but this is the remake of it where they redid some of the things and finally made the graphics nice so i am super stoked to play that 
And I forgot to, you told me this last night and I, it just slipped my mind. And immediately after I purchased all those damn games, I remembered this. It was like the second. I should have bought Tomb Raider because it's two ninety nine. Yeah, right. It's like stupid cheap right now. Yeah, like Tomb Raider two ninety nine. The remake, the first remake that Square Enix made, two dollars ninety nine cents. Don't get your coffee tomorrow and go get Tomb Raider. It's just, and we're gonna talk about all of this later, so I'll save it for then. Um, but as a precursor, all of these games that are super cheap and all that's on our plate is going to be a real big theme in this episode. Um, but for now, let's uh, let's take a look over and see what's going on in the world of gaming. Waluigi time. Waluigi time. I don't like the way you looked at me just now. <laughs> it's correct. Why not? It was weird. Uh, Send help. Uh, well, it should be a weird look. If that was Luigi or Mario, because some weird stuff is happening on the Nintendo Switch. Um, so, it looks like somebody got their hands on a Nintendo Switch dev kit. And there is an app on that dev kit that lets them alter, like, upload um, personal pictures as, like, avatars and things like that. And somebody got a hold of that app and then released that app. So that app is everywhere now. And... It appears that some people were posting some uh, some obscene uh, imagery as their avatars. So you would be playing your Super Mario Odyssey, you'd be walking up to Luigi like, Luigi, what's up, man? And then, boom, titties. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to get there because I was thinking about saying, Eduardo's skating around the word porn. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's porn on the Nintendo Switch, which is first off... What a weird sentence to say. Um, but there, yep, there is technically porn. I mean, it's not like like grotesque or egregious. I mean, I guess you could post a picture, but it's just pictures, right? It is right, just small it's, it's thumbnail images. pictures. Um, and so it's nothing, nothing too crazy, but still, on a Nintendo console, first Doom, now boobs, like what's next? <laughs> okay, so it was initially weird, right, when all these things started coming out on the Nintendo platforms that, like, were never typically Nintendo games, like Doom, like you just said, and, you know, Fortnite's on there now. All, all kinds of weird things that, like, normally are just not on Nintendo. And then you still think about, like, even, even stuff like um, before they got rid of comments altogether, um, Mario Maker most of those comments were filtered so that nothing super profane was there and that sort of thing. Like they do a really good job to filter any sort of profanity that could make it through any like adult content. Um, like most of their games don't even have any sort of team speak because they don't want people to interact with each other in a way that they cannot control. Um, so when I read this article, I was just kind of flabbergasted because what? <laughs> Like, how did this get, how is this still getting by? Right. Usually Nintendo has a really, really good hold on this sort of thing, but, uh, not, not this time. I mean, maybe it's super fresh. If it's super fresh, they're probably working on it. Um, cause this article was posted like three hours ago. Right. So it, it's very possible that it's super fresh for them and they're trying to do something about it, but it's so weird just to think about. First of all, why why is anybody doing that? <laughs> but second, how is it getting through Nintendo? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, sure. 
No, no. I, I mean, and it's the, the surprising part is that it's Nintendo in the first place, right? If it was anybody else, we probably wouldn't be as like, yeah, stuff happens, but because it's Nintendo, we're like, oh man, Nintendo's gonna shit a brick. I mean, I, all the other games that I can think of that had like custom avatars in them, like you could spray paint custom avatars or like Counter-Strike style games where you like you tag the wall with like a naked woman after you kill somebody but in counter-strike that's totally normal to see you know so i think counter-strike is a pc game so like there's a there's certain there's sort of a certain level of when you enter the pc gaming community there's like mods and customizability that's kind of widespread whereas in a console it is a much more controlled environment yeah sure Um, And so I think that's probably what else makes it so surprising is that on a console, you do not normally have, you know, stuff like that. Like you don't have too many mods on consoles and things like that. And if there are similar to like Super Mario Maker, they're uh, controlled. So are you are you rushing to download the Luigi downloadable content so you can go see this before (laughs) it goes away? Absolutely. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not Um, doing that. I'm a grown man. and I'm going to wait until that goes away before I even... Yeah, I don't, I don't really need <laughs> that in my Mario. Like, it's like, and that's the thing is, like, I don't go to Mario. Like, there are video games you can go to that have, you know, very voluptuous women or whatever. You know <laughs> what I mean? I don't go right. to Mario for that. I go to Mario to feel like a little kid and be like, "We are Mario!" Woo! Not to right. like, you know, get my horn dog on. I don't know what that yeah. even means. If I want to, if I really, really wanted to, which I don't. Right. I would just go to Steam and buy some of those, you know, crazy adult games that are on sale right now. Or right. play, like, a version of Doki Doki Literature Club that's not a psychological horror. Right, know? right. Um, no, yeah, I, I, know, I think it's weird that that kind of stuff is showing up on a Nintendo console. Um, and so, hopefully Nintendo takes care of it soon and that, you know, goes back into the weird, deep internet where it belongs. <laughs> The deep internet. The, the dark deep, web. The deep internet. Now, Peaches, if That's you were going to tell me one of your favorite games, um, and it was a game made by Valve, and it was a game about going through one uh, circular interdimensional tube into another circular interdimensional tube, um, what game would that be? I'm trying so hard to think of anything that meets that description other than Portal. <laughs> but I got nothing, so... I got nothing. Portal. Right. It's no, <laughs> it is no surprise that you are a, a huge fan of Portal. Um, and so it's kind of cool yeah. that Valve's new tech demo... So they're releasing these new, um, uh, like, controllers for their, um, their headset. Um, I'm sorry, their VR headset, I should say. And for the the demo for this, they released a a demo in the, the the Aperture Lab sort of world. So you've got the same robots, and it's not necessarily Portal per se, but it's in that same universe. Do you think Valve will ever start making games again? And is this like the precursor to that? Listen, if they're gonna if they're gonna tease this this VR technology uh which is called knuckle if any of you guys want to look into this by the way it's called knuckles ev2 um they're going to tease any of this technology and then they're going to use characters that are you know similar to characters we've seen in the portal games before they damn well better be putting out something because that's a tease if i've ever seen one like 
first of all, the more complex VR gets, the cooler it gets. And you think about games that you already loved, not in virtual reality, possibly coming to virtual reality, and then you decide to market Portal as your, you know, your control variable, I guess. I don't know. What, whatever they're doing, they better bring a VR portal if they're going to tease something like this because it would be dope. Um, I'm trying to take a look here. So the last game released by Valve was, let's see here, that wasn't... Um, so you've got... Artifact, which is supposed to be coming out sometime this year, it's a digital card game made by Valve. Um, they still Whoa. keep up on. Um, they still keep up on Dota Two, but the last real big release was probably Dota Two in twenty thirteen. They've released a couple other small, um, sort of games, Counter Strike being one of them, but that was also just twenty thirteen. Um, they've got a couple other, you know, small, like they've got a, uh, yeah, they've got a couple free support launches, but they haven't really dug into. A game in a very, very long time. Do you think they're ever gonna they're gonna become a developer again, or do you think they're just gonna swim in the Steam money like Scrooge McDuck for the rest of their <laughs> days? I mean, either way, they're well off. I think no matter what they want to do, I think in the back of their minds, they know that if they took the time to make you know a Half Life Three, if they took the time to make a Portal Three that it would make a lot of money mm -hmm. no matter what if it was a good game if it was a bad game it wouldn't really matter people would go out of their way to buy those games so whether they want to do it i don't know could they do it and be successful you would be stupid to say no correct they would absolutely but you know what this made me think a lot about because we've talked about vr quite a bit on the show mm -hmm. but we have not um you know, your camera is really strangely zoomed right now on Twitch. Uh, yeah, that's weird. You notice that? Yeah. Everybody's should, checking out my forehead right now. It should. It, it's <laughs> fixed now. It's fixed now. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> Anyways, um, I was thinking about all the games you know that we've ever played, and we've never really discussed this, but if you could pick one or two games that you love in your life to to be VR compatible, what would you pick? I'm going to try to pick... Okay, I'm going to say That's one... That's a tough question. I'm going to say one, and then you say one, and then I'll say another one. The first okay. one that comes to mind, God of War. One, because I absolutely love that game, and two, because the visuals in that game are so, like, think about the first time you see the World Serpent, and think about that being in VR. Like, towering... Dude. The World Serpent towering over you and all that kind of stuff. You would break your neck looking around. <laughs> you would. It would be insane. And that's why I think that... I mean, it would be very, very, very difficult to do. But I think that would be so cool. And imagine, like, right. throwing the axe and being able to, like, put your hand out and catch it. Like, I don't know. Oh, that would be... That would be, like, extra hard, I think. Because you would have to reach out and catch it. Correct. Maybe there'd be some penalty if you didn't. Or maybe you just got a bonus if you reached out and caught it correctly. Right. I don't do know. Think? I have a tough time because a lot of my favorite games, as you know, are like tactical and RPGs and stuff. So like, I don't want to play a Final Fantasy game in VR because my turns would just be me standing there 
and then selecting an ability and then me standing there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want to do like Fire Emblem because that's kind of the same thing. It would probably end up being platformers. Um, I think that a really cool concept, which might get a lot of people hurt, would be fighting games in VR. Um, That would probably get a lot of people hurt. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how you could do it without being, you know, actually hurt, but... Or actually like a fighter. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I, I would probably default to Bioshock. I think being in Rapture in VR would be really cool. Um, and you wouldn't have to do a ton of movement, but you'd be surrounded by the world. You know, when, when I think about what I want in VR, I think less about the game and more about the world the game is in and what mm-hmm. I would like and how I'd like to be immersed in that world. You know, I agree. Um, and yeah. so, you know, maybe Bioshock Infinite's another one that I think I would like to see in VR because that world was so incredible. Um, and I, you know, I could probably list a couple other games that I think I would like to see the, the world of that game because it's so, you know, incredible. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's my answer. Games that have, have compelling worlds and not, I mean, they, they don't necessarily have to be great games, right? If it's like an average game, but it's got a really incredible world, I think that would sell it on VR. You know, even like most Blizzard games would be really fun. Diablo would actually be really fun in VR, I think. Diablo would be crazy in VR. Could you because imagine like a, a Diablo almost horror game in VR? Or even WoW. Like an action I mean, horror Diablo or, an, or like an action adventure WoW. If they really they would have to do some toning up to the to the, the visuals of WoW, but Yeah. Well, I think Diablo would be much more doable considering that your character at one time only has like six abilities that they can use. But sure. if you think about WoW, you've got this whole like spell book of things that you can activate at mostly any time. You've got like 30 to 40 abilities. That would be really hard in VR. Well, also just with a controller in general. That's with a controller, why, yeah. Why WoW has never come to the consoles. I downloaded a um, an add-on for WoW that let me play with a controller. And it was, I mean, it, it did as best as it could, but it still wasn't good. How did it, how did you cast spells? Um, so you used both mouse buttons. Let me get my controller over here. So this okay. was, um, you had to get a, a special camera too. It was an action camera that would uh, move around with you like um, like how most third-person action games, you don't necessarily control the camera. You do nowadays. But back in the day, the camera used to just kind of follow you around. That's yeah. how the camera worked. Um, and then this one could actually just control the mouse. So you'd mouse over stuff with this one and then move around with this one. Okay. And then you would attack here. And then you had like a grid of four buttons and that was your up, down, left, right, and then um, triangle, square, X, circle. And then all four of these were modifiers for those four buttons. Interesting. So so there were essentially, what is that? Um, Six different um, grids that had four options each. Okay, so you had 24 spell slots, basically. Correct. That would be really hard to get used to. Uh, It was, which is why I stopped playing it and just went back to my keyboard. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, speaking of WoW, another thing to just throw out there, if you're listening to this right now, um, or if Eduardo happens to get this uploaded before uh, the end of the 24th, (laughs) um, WoW is, like, free right now. They're doing a free weekend until the 24th. So if you have a character and your account's been frozen because you just, you know, haven't been playing it, or if you've never played WoW before and you want to get a 
bigger taste than just the trial period, you can play it for free until the end of the 24th. Which is, pretty, pretty cool. I, I don't know if they've ever actually done a free weekend. I know Overwatch has done it several times. I've never heard of a WoW free weekend. I know they used to do like free trials. You could you could pick up like a free trial, um, but they, I've never necessarily heard of like a full free weekend. And that's, it's great. I want to see more people playing WoW. And as the new expansion gets closer, the more hype I am for it. I think free weekends are really like a more modern thing. Free weekends, I don't think happened a lot in the early stages of gaming there were there weren't really ways for that to happen you could get like a demo disc um which obviously limited you to very small sections of the game but yeah it's the first like free weekend stuff that i remember was when portal was on steam they gave portal to anybody who downloaded it for free for like a week or two Mm -hmm. and that's how i got the game that's how i first started playing the game which got me to buy portal too so it was a long con, but they got $20 for me. <laughs> you know, I, I almost wonder if that's where the, like, beta... Because, like, betas nowadays aren't betas anymore, right? Your open beta or your beta isn't really a beta. It is, here is a free weekend for you to play the game before the game comes out, you know? Sure. And in a lot of ways, that's sort of what it is now nowadays. Um, so I think people need to be a little bit more honest. But you think that's a reason why games come out so buggy nowadays is because they don't take their betas seriously enough? Um, no, because games that aren't in open beta publicly are like, either they've got quality assurance testing, they've got all kinds of testing. And even if people, here's the thing, from, the, from a programmer's perspective, let me get you in on this, all right? If you want to be a programmer, you should know this. All right. I'm scooting closer. Everybody, yeah, get, get close to the microphone, okay? Okay, I'm here. So the thing, about, the thing about programming is that if you are the one that has programmed this entire piece of software, this entire code function, whatever you're doing, and now you are the one that has to error test that code, it's problematic. And the reason it's problematic is because you, as the person that made the code, you have in your head every iteration start to finish of what you have done to make that code possible, right? So when you go to error test that code, you know exactly what the code is supposed to do. So you know how to use it more properly than anybody else can. That makes you the very worst person to error test because you're not going to think of the things as easily that aren't supposed to happen as somebody else could. Sure. That's why a lot of times QA testing sort of things go to people that have no knowledge whatsoever with, you know, there's a wide range of people that, that do testing on, on things like this. A lot of the times you really want the end user of your program, whatever, whoever you're making this program for, the ideal situation is to have them test your program for a while. Because if the people that are going to be using the program are testing it, they're going to be using it the way that they need it to be used for their business to operate. And every time that an error comes up in a situation where they're using it for a business use, they're going to tell you about it and you can fix it. You know what I mean? So I think open betas work kind of that same way, right? Um, Fortnite, Realm Royale, all these other games that are in a really, really long open beta it's great for them because they get a ton of quality assurance testing by people that are going to be the ones playing the game in the long run. 
And the people playing the game in the long run are going to be the people that are telling the developers what the hell is going on in the first place when things go wrong. So that's what I have to say about that. I, th I think that the best people to test things are the people that will end up using it. Sure. And I, I wouldn't say that a lot of games are coming out with a ton of bugs. I would say that the games that are in open beta can be a little buggy, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think um, a lot of the times the video game community, and brace yourself because I know what I'm going to speak is going to be really out, uh, out of left field, but the, the video game community can sometimes jump to conclusions. Sometimes. <laughs> well, and then you pissed off Peaches, he's gone. Um, so you sometimes... <laughs> the, if you weren't watching, I just got up and walked away, just so you know. <laughs> the video game community can be a little... They can jump to conclusions and be a little presumptuous. They can kind of sort of shoot first, ask questions later kind of a kind of a community. Every issue is sort of the worst issue. And while I understand the idea that they don't want to be taken advantage of by companies. It is also, in my opinion, um, it should be understood that companies are companies and they didn't make money somehow. And, you know, obviously they're going to come up with strategic ways to continue to profit. That is, that is the goal of, of any company. And to, you know, I don't see a single nonprofit video game organization out there, you know? Um, so that realistic idea should be something that you consider um, when we think about these betas and things like that. Word. We we got real off topic. So yeah, let's, we're like we're not even close to VR anymore. I know. Um, so speaking of VR, do you think single player games are dead? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I want you to lead with this one because I think that I disagree with you and I think that you actually disagree with you or you're just going to say news. I'm not sure what you're going for with this. Okay, so um, the developers, uh, the parent company developer of Red Dead 2, um, uh, specifically Take-Two Interactive CEO Strauss Zelnick, um, he said a few things uh, when he was talking to VentureBeat um, and he talked about battle royale games he talked about how he doesn't think they're actually going to take over the market he does not think that single player games are dead and that single player games are alive and well and will continue to be alive and well um and that they haven't necessarily slowed down i disagree with the last part but i agree with his sentiment if you would have asked me a few months ago before i played god of war I might also still be on that. You know what? I think video or first single player games are starting to kind of run out of steam. And I played God of War, and then I saw the trailer for Last of Us Two, and then I saw the trailer for Ghost of Tsushima, and then I, you know, saw all these games that are coming out and that have come out that still keep single player in mind. Um, and I still think that they're they're going strong. I think that you thought that without knowing that you thought that. And here's here's why I say that. Um, I agree with this guy. I don't think single player games are dying. My very first thought, and you already kind of touched on it, was about how much you like God of War, um, which is obviously single player. But a lot of the games that you've mentioned several times on the show are single player. Mm -hmm. You've talked several times now about the Tomb Raider games, about how I need to play them. The Witcher 3 is one of your favorite games of all time, and that's because you like the single player. The Bioshock games, you weren't playing Bioshock 2's multiplayer. I was. 
but you liked all the, the single player campaigns and that, um, I could keep going, but I think, I think that it, I, I just think it might be harder now than it's ever been to appease an audience purely on single player. I think that is what it's coming to. I don't think that single player games are dying and I don't think that multiplayer is ever going to fully take over. I just think that single player is like, there's already, okay. The way that I'm thinking about this in my head is like movies, right? Um, this podcast is not about movies, but just a quick like analogy of what's going on in, in Peaches's head. Peaches's head. Lately, the movie community, <clears throat> it feels like they're always angry. Specifically, let's talk, talk about the Star Wars community because Star Wars fans right now, and I'm not trying to lump any of you people into a group. Okay? What do you mean, you so, people? Exactly. I mean, you people. <laughs> I'm not trying to lump any of you. If you're a Star Wars fan, you don't have to take what I'm saying as word of law, okay? I'm just going to talk about Star Wars fandom. There are a giant handful of Star Wars fans right now that are basically ruining the franchise because... Every movie that has come out is not exactly the way that they want it to be. But what is the point I'm trying to make with this? The point I'm making is in movies lately, everybody is kind of like, you know, something comes out, the Lion King, real live Lion King. Oh, that's, that's a cop out. Disney's already made that movie. Why do people keep making remakes? Why can't they make original ideas? And then somebody makes a movie that's an original idea. And they're like, A, oh, that's not an original idea. That's a ripoff of these six other movies. Or that was boring and it didn't do these 17 things that I wanted it to do. Like nobody can be happy in the movie community. They just can't go to a movie and accept a movie for what it is. That's the perspective that I have right now of the world in movies. And I think that that same sort of thing is slowly making its way to single player games because while there aren't nearly as many single player games as there have been movies in the course of history, eventually you're going to run into concepts in games that are similar to other concepts that you have played before. And you might think when you run into those concepts, Oh, this is just like that other game. Now I think this is boring or conversely Bioshock four comes out and you're super hyped for it. And then it's not as good in your opinion as Bioshock Infinite or Bioshock 1. Or maybe in your opinion, it's even worse than Bioshock 2. And now you're angry at the video game. And I think that that sort of mindset makes it harder for a single player game to be successful. Like it has to really wow people for them to take it seriously compared to years ago, how much it needed to do to take to, for it to be taken seriously. Does that make sense? Sure. I just me, said like a dissertation, but... Let me ask you a question then. Let me ask you a question. So, video games in general, we've talked about this several times, but they are increasing in popularity at an ex exponential rate. Um, yeah. Video games are more popular now than they have ever been. Specifically, multiplayer, online multiplayer games are more popular than they have ever been. Do sure. you think single-player games rather than dying, have just plateaued at the audience. Like, the single-player audience is still there. The same audience that has always loved single-player games has always been there. And the rest of the industry has sort of started to tower around it because it has grown so big. 
I don't know if I would say that I personally think it plateaued. I just think that... I don't want to say it plateaued, but I think that the multiplayer side is growing faster than the single-player side. Not to say the single-player side is dying, but more new people are coming in to play multiplayer games than they are to play single-player games. I think that's a, that, that could be considered a true statement. So I'll just use an example that I know to be true because it's about me. So right now, we've got this Game of the Month thing going, right? Uh, where we are playing Nier Automata. And... I have personally been having so much fun playing Realm Royale that Nier Automata hasn't even been in the back of my mind because all I want to do when it comes to game time at the end of the day is play Realm Royale. That's just how it is right now. I don't think that has anything to do... I mean, yes, it is a multiplayer game. I don't think it has everything to do with the fact that it's a multiplayer game. I just think that right now it's the thing that I find the most fun. And because the thing that I find the most fun is multiplayer, that's what I'm playing. I think that because single player games are becoming a lot harder to wow people with, I don't think that they're always going to be at the forefront of everybody's mind, especially because like um, topically they're not as talked about as often, you know, like God of War came out and we can all agree that God of War is a, goddamn phenomenal game and it got really great reviews weeks before it came out up until like a week or two after it came out but then people stopped talking about it because everybody knew at that point that it was great there wasn't really much else to say about it whereas Fortnite, you know PUBG, etc games like that they keep they keep on going they keep putting new features in people are coming in and playing them for free so I think they also lend themselves easier to news and to publicity because, you know, they keep changing, whereas God of War is still a great game, but it's the same game that it was a month ago. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think that sort of longevity and continued um, support really helps the game stay, like, maintain the spotlight. Like, right. You know, years ago, it would be a game was big, and then in the next month, another game was big, and you'd go month to month playing a different game. But now you play the same game all year round, and you try to pepper in as many other games as you can around it. Right. So, and, I- and esports, too. Obviously, esports are team games, they're always online multiplayer games. And the thing on TV right now, if you're watching video games on television, are esports, which are like HOTS, Overwatch, League of Legends. They're all Dota. online games. Right. You know, no, you're so, not wrong. Those are the ones in the public eye, right? Absolutely. And so we'll see. I think single player games are fine. I think we're going to continue to see great single player games. I think if E3 showed us anything, is that there is still large attention to single player games. And I think almost people are sort of giving up on multiplayer games. I think the reverse is happening. I think people are seeing games like Fortnite, in particular, and PUBG to a lesser extent, and how they've sort of put a, a stranglehold on that market that they're like, we're not even going to touch it. We're not even going to go there. What's the point? Why don't we just do something that we know is going to appease this hardcore community rather than appease the masses? That's probably just going to go play Fortnite anyway. Or they just know that they'll lose eventually at Fortnite and it gets frustrating. Right, right. Absolutely. That's something I'll talk about later too. Um, we're, so we're going to move into Ooh. this this little little thing now we wanted to give a little news update 
for our listeners out there um, who have participated in our Game of the Month show. Um, so we're going to be doing our Nier Automata show, I believe, next week. Um, so hopefully we can put some more time and sink some more time into that because the end of the month is approaching rather quickly. Um, so moving forward, Peaches and I talked about this off stream and we've come to an agreement that we are no longer going to be doing the game of the month, but we wanted to talk about it on the show so that you, our listeners who have participated in these, in these comments and who, who, who have voiced your opinion, could know why we've decided to do this. And that's also going to segue into our topic for the day. So, um, I'll start with my piece and that is, I think as a show, we want to be authentic to the type of games that we like and we like to talk about, and we want to talk to you about things that we're passionate about. We're not saying we're not passionate about Nier Automata, but we are very passionate about Rum Royale, and I'd really like to continue talking about the things that I'm really excited about. Peaches spoke about it earlier, that he has been thinking about Rum Royale a lot and not necessarily that much about um, Nier Automata, and part of that has to do with our time schedules. Both of us are full-time working adults, that is a uh, that is a spoiler for later. Uh, I'm both wearing are... a romper on a stream, and it's and you just called me an adult. That's correct, and you are. We are both <laughs> 27 years old. We are adults. Oh God, um, freaking millennials, so, man! I know. Uh, and so th- that's that's at least my piece to it. Um, that's not to say that if we continue to get attention and people like we get a community that says we want you guys to play this game and there's enough enough attention to it that we won't play something absolutely we're just not going to be doing this game of the month um, where we reach out every single month and continue that um, we also want to um, keep a variety of what we're talking about um, and it seems like every week we talk about you know near automata near automata and you know it, it seems to sort of cloud the, the 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 better discussions that could be had specifically around things that we're passionate about peaches i've been talking for too long what do you think and i go on for like monologues at a time so don't <laughs> you worry about it um no i you know i can't say that i disagree with what eduardo was just saying and and at the end of the day i'll let you guys in on a little secret we you know we're doing this podcast because we want to not because we feel like we need you know, community outreach or that sort of thing. Like we're doing this because it's passionate, a passion and a, and a thing that we want. Right. And a great side effect of doing something that you love, especially in a setting like this is that you do have a community, whether it's a small community or a big community. And, you know, we're always trying to figure out ways to grow that community because we really enjoy doing this and we enjoy, we're both very social people. We enjoy talking to others interacting with others in any way that we can. And the game of the month was kind of one way that we thought, Hey, we can try to add something spicy to the show and see if this is something that people like. Right. And at the end of the day, and, and again, the people that have participated in this game of the month, thank you so much for reaching out and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it's just not, it's, it's also not something that seems to be generating a lot of traction in addition to the fact that, we ended up focusing a lot on something that, you know, may be outdated or we might not be enjoying or, you know, this or that. Personally, I am enjoying Nier Automata. Um, so I'm not saying that I haven't liked the games that we've played. Um, but I think that it's just, 
I don't know. It's just something that if there's a way that we can incorporate this in a different way in the future, I'd love to give it a shot. Um, but for now, I think we want to focus more on finding those other ways to grow and getting um, more people interested in this community that we're trying to grow both on the podcast and in our streams um, before we do anything like that. Because, you know, ultimately, the ultimate vision with this game of the month, like the blue sky for both of us, is that we'd have like, you know, everybody that was interested playing this game with us and they'd be talking to us about it and this and that. And I just don't think that right now that is the case. I don't think that that it's something that's viable. And mostly that's because of what we're going to segue into about how, you know, we have to have this work-life balance. And I'm sure that everybody that's out there listening to this either live or as a recording has crazy work-life balance to deal with too. So like I said, if you feel really strongly about us kind of saying goodbye to the game of the month, please let us know. Um, and we will communicate back with you on it. Um, but we, we're going to, you know, try to think of other things to, to pepper in on the stream. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I haven't even talked to peaches about this, but I'm going to talk about it now, but if you'd like to tweet at us questions, we'd love to do a question and answer segment. So if you have questions that you want us to answer and things that you want us to talk about on the show, tweet at us at squad up podcast, or send us an email at squad up podcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to have like a listener question feedback section where we talk about the things that you guys want us to talk about. So if there's a game that you want us to talk about, even if we don't necessarily play it, we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, we'll- do a lot of looking into it yeah know? absolutely um we'll so, do our research so please tweet at us at squad up podcast you could use the hashtag squad up podcast or you can send an email to squad up podcast at gmail.com um so this is going to lead into our main discussion for the day which we've already touched on a little bit um and it's being an adult and being a gamer so both peaches and i are both adults we both have nine to five monday through friday jobs we come home, we've got things, I've got a wife that I, you know, that I have, Peaches is a girlfriend who doesn't necessarily live with him, but he's got, he's got a dog, I guess. Um, <laughs> doesn't necessarily live with him. Yeah, right. Um, she doesn't live with him, but still, he's got, he's got a life, he's got obligations as well. Um, and so, it, it is part of this whole game of the month thing, part of the reasons why we, we it wasn't so successful is because of our, our time commitment. And, and personally, as an adult now, my time is precious, right? So that time that I get to myself to play video games is precious. And I want to spend every minute of that playing something that, that, that I'm passionate about and that I really want to be, you know, sinking my teeth into. So we're going to take it back. Peaches, I'm going to ask you, Let's let's take back. Let's go back years back to baby peaches. Little, well, no, let's not let's not, let's not go that far back. Let's go a little adolescent peaches, right? Let's go a uh, little little just teenaged peaches. Let's go a little 14, 15 year old peaches. His his video game journey is just starting to really blossom. Can you pick an age, man? Uh, no, uh, his video game journey is just starting to blossom, mostly because I don't know what age you really blossom at video games, but his video game journey is just starting to blossom, and he is excited uh, about video games. What is that? Oh, it's Baby Peaches. <laughs> it's Little Toddler Peaches, little man. Little Toddler Peaches. Um, Look at how bad those teeth are. <laughs> so yeah. in, in, that, in that era, how many video games did you play, would you say, on average? Like how, long, how much time would you say you spent playing video games? All right, if you want the real history, I'm not, I won't. I won't bore you, but I started playing video games when I was like five or six. So sure. 
it would have been it would have been like just a little older than toddler peaches you were close but you okay. know you 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 said every single age in the book so if you throw a hundred darts eventually you'll hit the the target right um Ooh, Braley says baby peaches is a stud. She, you know, <laughs> it was. <laughs> Let's not get into this right now. Uh, <laughs> a little blushing peaches right now. No, no. Um, <laughs> I, I have like always filled my excess time with games. Sure. Before I was an adult, I'll spoil this for later. While I'm an adult, like games have always always been my hobby they've always been what i do when i'm not doing something i'm supposed to do they've sometimes very often been something i'm doing when i am supposed to be doing something else um those that's just what i've always been passionate about ever since i knew that they existed so basically if i'm not sleeping eating or working i'm playing video games that's that's the easy answer um but i'll let you go and then if if you want to let me get real deep about this we can have like a personal psychological session here. sure absolutely so um when i was a kid i talked about this before but i wasn't necessarily the most popular kid in the world so video games to me were definitely like a release and a sort of like a separate world for me to go into which is probably why i enjoy those story driven games so much and so being in those story driven games i um i spent like a ton of time playing video games as a kid i would play for hours and hours and hours on end, um, and I would immerse myself in there. And I wasn't necessarily, you said earlier that we're both outgoing and talkative people, and that's absolutely true. But when I was young, no, I was not outgoing. (laughs) I was not talkative. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just think people would make fun of me. So I play video games and I would play them for hours and hours and hours on end. And it wasn't until video games that I started having real genuine interactions with other people that kind of got me out of my shell. Um, So that's almost like a thank you to video games. And now that I'm an adult, I obviously am a lot more social. I want to go out with people. Um, But when I'm not, I want to be playing video games because it's just something that I love to do. So at least when I was young, I played a ton of video games, but now it's kind of tapered off because I'm an adult and I have sort of responsibilities that I need to, you know, need to do. And, you know, my wife thinks that I play too many video games as it is, but boy, would she be real shocked at how many video games I used to play. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I... I was talking about this with Heimdall, uh, one of the guys that joins me on my stream a lot, um, about how one fear that I have is learning what my slash plate is in World of Warcraft. I will never, ever type in slash plate in World of Warcraft. I don't want to know. Like, I just don't, I don't want to know at all. Now, I think for me too, video games as a kid, like, I struggle, and I still struggle with this a lot, so we're going to get real deep now. You can learn about the peach inside the peach, right? Um, (laughs) It's like one of those 30 for 30s or something. I don't know. (laughs) It has nothing to do with sports, though. I, I have a lot of trouble now, but I had a lot more trouble with this when I was a kid um, doing things that I don't think that I'm good at. Um, I... I would rather not try something than try it and fail it because I have like an intense fear of failure. I don't like to be seen as a failure. I don't like to be a failure, especially like on display in front of people. So like, it's really hard for me to do things that put me in the spotlight and also I'm not good at them. 
Um, that was especially true when I was a kid. I, you know, and, and I'm a very firm believer in practice, right? But when I was a kid, I thought that if I wasn't just automatically good at something, that I was never going to be good at it because I had to be like a prodigy. I had to be born with some skill, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to play basketball, but I couldn't shoot. Like I wanted to play football and I did play football, but I couldn't run very fast. So I didn't get to play the position I wanted to in football. And so as a kid, the, the first thing I found that I was successful doing almost immediately was video games. And because I could be successful in video games, uh, like looking back in hindsight, they were easy as hell video games, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that at the time. I just thought that I was good at them. And that was kind of like my go-to for, you know, I know that I can do this. I know that I can succeed. And because I'm succeeding in this game, I'm having a good time. And so I've gotten a little more out of my shell, obviously, with some of the, you've seen some of the games that I played on my stream. Like, I've gotten a little more out of my shell as far as doing things that I am not necessarily going to succeed at, but it's still something I've always struggled with. And so I think video games have been a good thing for me to kind of ignore that elephant in the room, you know? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on there. Um, I think for me as well, like video games are just something that always came really easy to me, and I, I think I'm, I think I'm with you on that sentiment. Um, so, what, what do you think life is like now? Now, now that you're an adult, what is, what is it? What is a gaming adult's life, and how is it different than when you were a kid? You know, uh, I think the biggest difference from when I was a kid is I don't have anybody telling me that I'm not allowed to play them. <laughs> like sure. nobody is telling me that. I'm going to rot my brain staring into a screen and I'm, I'm, I need to go climb a tree or do the, get, go get dirty or do any of the things that I never wanted to do. Like, so there was a, I won't call them out, but there was a person in my family that always got so mad whenever I would play games. And this person like just, he literally wanted me to climb trees. <laughs> He's just like, I want you to go outside and find a tree and climb it. And I was like, that sounds really awful. Why yeah, would I sounds, do that? I don't want to do that at all. And, and so it's nice that, you know, I kind of get to do this of my own accord. I don't have anybody telling me I'm not allowed to. Also, I have just a slight bit of resentment for any time that I was told not to play video games since now they've blown up and there's esports. We could be like, we could be on cloud nine or something. Yep. That's we an esports team for those that think that he's just talking about being really excited. Right, like we could we could be team solo mid, you and I. We could right. be championship League of Legends players if our parents, I don't know what yours were like, but wouldn't have been like, video games, they're bringing you down, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know, as far as how often I play them, I'd say like I have more responsibilities now, but you know, you have to do your responsibilities. When I'm not doing those, I'm playing games. So as far as my free time goes, I'd say I still fill all of my free time with games if I can. Sure. Um, that goes the same for me, but I think I have significantly less of that free time than I used to. Um, and so that's why I talked earlier about how my time is precious because I don't have a lot of it. I spend um, times playing video games and when I'm not doing that, I'm spending time with my wife. And when I'm not doing that, I'm working. And when I'm not doing that, I'm doing chores around the house. And when I'm not doing that, you know, I'm sleeping. And that's basically, that's basically it, you know? And so finding time for these games is, is sort of difficult. So it's, it's become like, um, sort of a challenge to see what, what things that I can play and can do. Um, let's take, 
Heroes of the Storm, which is a perfect example. We don't play League of Legends anymore, right? We haven't played it in, I would say, over a year at this point. Not seriously, yeah. Sure. Um, But we do still play Heroes of the Storm. And it's because the time commitment is smaller. It is has less of a barrier for entry. And us who don't, who do not have the time to sit and research for hours on end and to play hours and hours and hours to become just moderately okay at the game, um, you know, we don't have that kind of time anymore. And Heroes of the Storm sort of facilitates that for me. So maybe when I speak to that and people that have that time and, and can devote it and maybe consider that a better game, maybe that's why they, dis- they disagree with me. But one of the reasons why I think Heroes of the Storm is a better game is because of the time commitment that I give to it. And I think it's it's a fair return on investment. Sure. Yeah, it's... I mean, there's still... there's still Don't don't get Eduardo wrong. Like, there's still learning that you have to do when you play sure, it. But it, sure. it is a lot easier to jump into and just you know, match, even, even if the gameplay was almost exactly the same level of difficulty, the matches are like on average 10 to 20 minutes shorter than a league of legends game. You can be done with a heroes game in like 20, 25 minutes. And there have been games of league of legends that I've played where you're pushing like more than an hour and the game is still not over. And you, and, and I, as you people know, if you, for some reason have never played league of legends yet or seen it, <laughs> It's an online game. It's all in real time. You can't pause it. Like, also, if there are parents, tell parents need to get this PSA. Okay, you can't pause online games. Mm-hmm. Don't Correct. ask your child to pause an online game. They can't do it. Just tell them when this is done, you need to do this thing mm-hmm. because you can't pause it. But back to my point, like you know, that's one hour of time that you are stuck in this chair. You can't get up unless it's an emergency or you screw your team over, right? Your dog needs to go out. looks like they have to wait. Your house is on fire. Ah, the game's almost over. (laughs) (laughs) If I should put the fire out, you know what I mean? Like it's a commitment and you know, that makes it sound really serious, but you know, there's a team dynamic to games like that. You can't, can't walk away from your team. You know, those people are depending on you, even if it's for something that's, at the end of the day has no consequence. Those people are depending on you, right? Sure. Absolutely. Um, and I think that this sort of goes for the sort of let's, let's kind of segue into this, but like, what do you think an adult needs to do to be able to still play video games? Like I still plan to play WoW when it comes to when the new Malik expansion comes out, I still plan to play that. But part of that has to be gauged with the amount of free time that I have and sort of the, the, the responsibilities that I have. So what do you think, as an adult playing games, what do you think that the, the the proper way to go about it is? Because we hear lots of talk nowadays about like gaming addiction and you know people sort of ruining their lives, um, it, sort of ingesting video games, like almost gr- grotesquely ingesting video games. Um, yeah. So so what do you think people have to do to to sort of healthily play video games as an adult? I mean, there's a couple ways you can look at it, and it really just depends on like how passionate you are about games as a hobby. Um, you know, if it's if it's something that is more of a hobby to you, or if it's something that's just kind of recreational. You know, like if you're the kind of person that likes games but you don't really need to play them. You know, I know people that every so often they'll if they have nothing to do, 
they'll pick up a, a game that they know that they like and they'll play it for a little while and there's like no consequences they don't care how far they get they don't care what they do they're just kind of like mindlessly playing the game and enjoying it and that's fine but if if you're the kind of person like us who's like seriously into games and you want to fill your time with them as much as you can you, you really just have to do a little more planning than other people um you kind of have to think about it more you have to think about like okay I know that I have to work tomorrow at nine, so I have to get up at this time. And if I want to get enough sleep, I have to go to bed at this time, but I have to do thing X, Y, Z. So I can probably devote like an hour to video games starting at this time. Um, specifically, if you're someone like Eduardo or myself and you're trying to stream on the side, I think it really helps. And I, I wouldn't necessarily go this extreme if you're not gonna stream. Um, but it helps to have a schedule. If you have a schedule, you can hold yourself to that schedule. Um, if something comes up and you cannot hold yourself to that schedule, you can, you know, tell your audience, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to be here at this time for this reason. Um, and I don't think that you should have like, I'm not saying that you should have like a planner that you write in all of your video games and you're like eight o'clock, God of war, eight fifteen, poop. <laughs> 8 30 resume god of war you know what i mean like i don't think you need to get that extreme but i do think it just involves a little more planning than it used to you know there's there's consequences now if you spend too much time doing the things you're not really supposed to be doing sure we're not necessarily if uh, i think it comes to it down to prioritization right so when we were young I would say our, I'm sure our prioritization wasn't exactly where it needed to be, right? Like I know for me, I didn't, I couldn't care any, about anything but video games and girls. Those are the two things I cared about, and everything else be damned, including you know my like grades and stuff. Um, and so yeah. that's sort of where I was as a kid. And now that I'm an adult, I know that I have other responsibilities. So it's about finding things that I can play. Um, I wrote it in the show notes as this, is is what what games and systems are better for working adults. And I even wrote in there that it's a loaded question because you guys already know the answer as to what the best system to play as an adult is. That's the Nintendo Switch. And now I'm going to amend that and also put in that mobile games are also a, a really good venue for adults. Um, we've, we've get, we get Patrick on the show here from time to time and he talks about what, how consoles are outdated um and how you know a pc is the way to go but i think for some people specifically adults specifically ones that aren't necessarily as hardcore into video games as we are but still want to play a console is absolutely perfect they plug it in they don't have to worry about any of those things you know you're paying for that convenience factor and so i think um definitely if you are not like myself and peaches who are willing to go to great lengths to play video games at all hours of the day a console's the way to go. If I was going to pick a console, I'd probably say Nintendo Switch, followed closely by the PlayStation 4. I think there are plenty of mobile games out there you can play, but I think those those consoles in particular are sort of that that thing that sort of that, that's sort of connecting us um, as adults as we play. Because I think that number that's growing of video game players isn't people that have never played video games. It's people that are being born and then playing video games, as well as the ones that have grown up playing video games, continuing to play and love them, which is why the sort of the, the community continues to expand is because rather than it just be a child's thing that, you know, young kids play video games and adults work. Now everybody plays video games. And I think that's why that, that number is expanding. 
Yeah, I didn't really know how to respond to this question in the show notes <laughs> because when I read which systems are better, my thought is like better for helping you with your life schedule. <laughs> and my last thought is the Nintendo Switch with that because if I can take that wherever I'm going, then that can distract me at work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's a fair but, point. My, my, I think my point was that if, if you're on a time constraint, playing it on the train on your way to work or playing it on your break and then being able to f- plug in those those kind of free moments that you have that you're doing other things but you could, you know, spend it to spend some time paying attention, paying attention to something else, the Nintendo Switch is perfect for that. So you still get your sort of your fix, you know? You get your you get that little that little heroin hit. Sure, sure. I mean, in that regard, then I'd probably actually say mobile devices are probably the best. And I wouldn't call a mobile device, I wouldn't call it first a game system, but you can't discount mobile games. They're not called mobile. I mean, they sometimes are called mobile apps, but they're mobile games because they are video games. Like the the Sudoku game on your phone is a video game. And if you play that, you're spending your time playing a Sudoku video game on your phone. And I think, you know, as far as portability goes, it's a lot easier to carry around your phone than it is your Switch. I will say that the games that are on your phone are probably not even close to as high of caliber as they could be anywhere else. But if you really like, if you're really trying to get that, that fix, I mean, take a, take a long bathroom break at the office and (laughs) open up Candy Crush and have fun. (laughs) You know, I, I think you're right. And I think people sort of tend to discount, specifically gamers tend to discount mobile games as not real games, but mobile games are a multi billion dollar industry. Like mobile games, you know what the um, the most grossing game out of I believe it's is it Activision or Tencent? I'm not 100 percent sure. It's Tencent. So the most grossing game out of Tencent, which is the people that own they own League of Legends. It is a Chinese company. It owns League of Legends. It owns Fortnite. Um, it owns a lot of these big games. You know what its number one selling game is? I'm gonna try to beat you to this, but I probably can't. It's called Arena of Valor. It is an online MOBA, and it is the number one MOBA in the world. People don't know that, but it is the number one MOBA in the world, and it is a mobile game. Yeah, it looks such like such a ripoff, though. It is, and it absolutely is. It is a so Tencent bought out Riot, and basically took League of Legends and put it on mobile, and they're like, you can't do anything about it because we literally own you. Um, and so they basically just copied. League of Legends to a mobile size, which is something people probably have been asking for for a while. Um, we also have to think about like parents. Like parents nowadays have to spend more money on things that they, they didn't used to have to. So like a cell phone isn't a cheap thing. Like it's not a cheap. Like this isn't a cheap device. You like getting one of these for every member of your family is not inexpensive. Um, no. And so I think it is. It's sort of important that games on phones and things like that and these free-to-play games that are out there are things that these kids can play and they don't have to worry about their parents, you know, buying them a system and the game and whatever else comes with it. Yeah, that could, that could be nice, but that's just a that's a dream. That's a pipe dream. Sure. You know, if you had a little Eduardo running around, he'd be like, Dad, I want to play The Witcher 3. You need to not say those words. Don't little you put that baby. don't you put that curse on me, Peaches. Little baby Eduardo with his little beard. <laughs> with his little beard and his little, little his little baby glasses he was born with. Little tiny Puerto Rican guy. <laughs> glasses oh, coming man. out of the womb. 
Um, so, video games have also sort of kind of evolved with adults in mind, right? So, the first thing that comes to mind to me are the ever-growing MMO lights out there. So I think Destiny really kind of kicked this off. But the MMO Lite is something that's, that's like brand new. And I started playing an MMO Lite when I was full-time working, when we used to work together. Um, and I started playing Destiny, and it was perfect for my schedule. I would come home, I'd be able to pl- get that sort of that MMO fix, and it wouldn't be as intense as like something like World of Warcraft. It was a lot, it was lighter, like it's as the namesake is. Um, do you think games like that are going to continue popping up, and do you think the sort of that that market will continue to diversify? I mean, you've got Destiny too. If you really needed that, um, I, and I think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about single player games. Like, if you want to play a game that has your working schedule in mind, just play a single player game. Most single player games, you can stop whenever you need to with an asterisk. Like, if you're playing a Final Fantasy game, obviously you need to find a save point, that sort of thing. Um, but you don't have to be tied down to anything when you're playing single player. You can play five minutes, you can play five hours, save it, leave, come back whenever you want to. Um, and I think that, you know, whether I'd say it's successful or not, it just really depends on what you care about as a gamer. But we've talked several times about World of Warcraft and how, you know, they've had their times when everything was way too damn hard. And then they've had their times when everything was way too damn easy. And like, there's always going to be somebody on either end of that spectrum that you're not going to please. So, you know, I think a lot of games have evolved, keeping in mind that people have schedules and cannot devote their entire lives to them. Um, but I think there has also been a giant percentage of games that have always been that way. And that's single player games. Well, and I even like arcade games, you know? Well, and I also think that you have games going in the opposite direction, right? So, like, Destiny 2 is a perfect example. Destiny 2 came out and was considered to be way too easy. It was, what is happening? (laughs) The cat literally just jumped up on my lap and looked at me, and I thought this was nice and innocent. And then he slapped me on the leg. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Uh, what a dick I know so Destiny 2 was a game that so no, Reception came out and it was too easy the hardcore audience was like this game is too much and people ended up flocking to another game called Warframe and Warframe is the exact opposite it is a game meant to sink hours and hours and hours and hours of your life into it is several hundreds of hours worth of content and that is sort of the, the, the audience that it's targeting Um, And so I think you could see it go both ways. And I think this goes back to something that we we sort of iterate and kind of touch on every single show. There's a few, there's a few topics we essentially talk about every single, every single show. And this is one of them that games are diversified so much that there is a game for every lifestyle and every sort of person type out there. Games are no longer the single thing that you have to play every single one of the good games. You can like a game that I absolutely hate and vice versa, and they can still be considered a good game. Sure. Um, and so I, I think that's, I think that's probably the, the, the main point there is that, that games are at a point now where they don't, um, they don't need to be classified like that because there's just so many of them. And there's such a, it's a large pool that 
There's going to be something out there for an adult. There's going to be something out there for somebody who has time. There's going to be something out there who has five minutes. There is a mobile game where you can spend five minutes of your day playing, catching Pokemon. Or there is a online MMO that you can play for several hours of the day. It's just about what you're prioritizing in your life and how you think you can best balance that. I agree with that. No snappy ending. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and that's going to do it for this show, everybody. Thank you so much for everybody who stopped in to the live recording of this, um, which I think is actually frozen on the stream, which is kind of funny. But thanks for coming yeah, in to chop- the- We're chopping along, man. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, the recording won't be like that, so who cares? Um, thank you, everybody who stopped by. Um, Thank you, everybody who's been listening to the show. We appreciate your feedback. If you are absolutely appalled that we got rid of the game of the month, you know what? Send an email to squaduppodcast at gmail.com. We'll read it's it. It's a bait. We'll talk about it. Go ahead, send those angry emails right to me. I want to hear them. Um, Peaches, where can the folks find you on the internet? I always want to tell the folks where they can find me. Paw. What? I don't know why I said that. That's weird. Hey, come <laughs> join me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash peaches. Uh, and please follow my social media accounts, D underscore peaches, both on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm trying to get a lot more active. I've been posting at least one thing a day on my Instagram for the last week. Um, and I just want to, like I was talking about earlier, I just want to grow this community that I'm trying to make. Uh, I just want to be everybody's friend. I want... You know, I want to have that that community feeling, and um, and that's just that's what I'm aiming for. So, help me out, and I will provide you with mild entertainment. <laughs> uh, and if you are hanging out in uh, ABC D Eduardo's Twitch stream right now, join us in a few minutes after we end this because we're going to be headed over to the Peaches stream to play some realm royale and we're getting kind of good at realm royale just saying we are getting kind of good at realm royale so you probably want to be there for that but that's all i've got so uh thanks for listening everybody and uh that's it cool you can find me over at twitch.tv slash abc eduardo every week we're gonna be going live every single week so come catch us here as we do the show um you can find the show at squad up podcast on twitter you can find the show at facebook.com slash squad up podcast you can email the show at squad up podcast at gmail.com that's gonna do it for me for peaches from both of us good luck have fun and smell mop scoop the walk bye everybody Smell my poo. Smell my poo. I was trying really hard to not say smell my poo.